Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may hear your word with joy. Amen. The Gospel reading today is from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 22. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod, the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Next, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. But now thus says the Lord, he, cre he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes, and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. There is a little bit of liturgical debate about what this coming season in the church calendar is or should be called. Many people advocate for a season of epiphany rather than just one Sunday. 
of Epiphany. Although, technically speaking, the season following Epiphany is just one special Sunday today, followed by the old standby ordinary time, which is what we call any time in the church calendar that doesn't have a special celebration attached to it. Many of the Christmas and Epiphany themes continue during this season, this part of ordinary time, but not as overtly as they do during Christmas and Epiphany. Now, I personally like the idea of a season of Epiphany, and you'll hear many of those themes continue in my preaching, even though the pyramids will go back to green until Lent. And the specific theme I'm going to stick with this year, this Uh, this season, is the idea of all, as in all people, everyone. Because Epiphany, the coming of the Magi, the revelation of Jesus to the world, symbolizes Jesus' coming to and for all people. Jesus is revealed to all people. Last week we saw how God speaks to all. We just have to listen. God has something to say to every person. And this week we're going to look at how we are all called. And specifically on how baptism is the symbol of that calling, which is open to all people. We're going to talk about baptism specifically because the Sunday after Epiphany, as I said, is its own special day, regardless of what you call the season after it. And it's called the Baptism of the Lord. Today is Baptism of the Lord Sunday. That's why the the pyramids are all white, because we use white to symbolize the sacraments and specifically baptism today. This is a time when we remember Jesus Baptism, And in remembering Jesus' baptism, we remember our own baptism. Later in the service, we will participate in a remembrance of our baptism. I don't actually remember being baptized. I was a very tiny baby when I was baptized. I know that I was. There is photographic evidence that I was indeed baptized. Somewhere, one of my parents has a certificate of baptism for me. But I don't remember it. I'm sure that's the same for many of you, because if you've grown up Presbyterian, we tend to baptize babies when possible. But that's not true for everyone. Many people are baptized as teenagers or adults and remember the moment very clearly. So if we know that we were baptized, either because there are pictures to prove it or because we remember it, because we were older, or maybe both... Why spend a whole Sunday talking about it? It's done. Let's move on. I think there are a couple of important reasons to spend this whole Sunday talking about baptism and reflecting on it and remembering it. First of all, we have to remember that baptism is not what saves us. A baptized baby is no more guaranteed a spot in heaven than an unbaptized baby. Many adults and older children choose to be baptized to recognize the fact that they have been saved by an actual real encounter with God already before their baptism. And it's also more than just a club membership or some sort of ritual you go through to be a real part of the church community. It's not some weird initiation rite that gets you into the in crowd. Baptism 
is called in our tradition a sign and seal of God's grace in our lives. In ancient covenants, there were usually signs and seals of that covenant, tangible ways to express the promises being made by both parties, to bind them together in some way. An example of this is in the Old Testament, when God makes his covenant with Abraham, circumcision is the sign and seal of the covenant that God and Abraham make with one another. The the circumcision did not save Abraham, but it acknowledged that covenant in a real, physical, and tangible way. In that physical enacting of the covenantal seal, God was present with Abraham powerfully, and Abraham in turn was powerfully present with God. So let's look again at that gospel passage from today. In fact, if you still have your Bible handy, go ahead and pick it back up. Go back to Luke 3. Who baptizes whom in that passage? Jesus is baptized by John. I spend a a lot of time and effort in my sermons emphasizing the fact that Jesus is God. But why does God need to be baptized as a sign and seal of the covenant between God and God's People, that seems a little one-sided, especially because Jesus never sinned. So the symbolic washing of the sins doesn't seem to fit right. And that's because this is one of those places in the gospel where it's very important to hold together both Jesus' divinity, Jesus being God, and his humanity. That second part is key here. When we move out of this baptism scene in Luke, we move to a genealogy, a listing of Jesus' ancestors. It seems like a way to say he is human, too. This is Jesus' Ancestry.com page, so to speak. It's like Luke knows that we're going to ask this question about baptism and Jesus' divinity, and so Luke answers it. Yes, Jesus didn't sin. Yes, Jesus is God, but Jesus, as a human, was born into a normal, sinful human family. He was born into a world rife with systematic sin. His baptism shows us that Jesus wasn't just kicked out of heaven by dad for this terrible job that would end in his death. He didn't go not knowing what he was getting himself into. Jesus knew that he was entering a completely broken world full of completely broken people. At the moment of Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan at the hands of John the baptizer, the Holy Spirit gets in on things and changes baptism from being just about water and cleansing from the brokenness. See, before, John was baptizing people to wash away their sins symbolically. But at Jesus' baptism, something new happens. The Holy Spirit adds another step, transformation. God says, this is my son, my beloved, my begotten. Pay attention to him. In Luke, the Holy Spirit shows up here at the baptism in the form of a dove. And when we move from Luke to Acts, both books written by the same author, meant to be read together as two volumes in one work, We see the Holy Spirit arrive in a different way right at the very beginning. Later on in this Luke-Acts book, 
the Holy Spirit will be described as fire. God brings together these two seemingly incompatible and powerful resources in a way that we could never have imagined on our own. Water and fire together. While reading Acts, it might seem like the Holy Spirit is sort of an afterthought or separate later baptism maybe. Looking, But looking at it side by side with Luke's account of the baptism of Jesus in the gospel, we see that it's really two pieces of one baptism. The water, the mark of the calling, is the sign, and the fire, the Holy Spirit, is the seal. Fire and water, the sign and the seal. And both are key to our Christian life. Now I get it, we're Presbyterian, and the Holy Spirit is neither decent nor in order, and that's frightening. But it's a good reminder that we are not in control of this. Even something as seemingly innocent as baptism is out of our control. It's out of our hands. We aren't the ones who do baptism. That's why our tradition baptizes adults and babies alike. Who are we to say when and where the Holy Spirit is going to work in someone's life? In fact, next week at St. Andrews, we'll be baptizing a little baby. And little Riley has no say-so in the matter. She's only a few months old. Her parents and her grandparents desire it for her. We baptize babies and tiny children because in Jesus, God's covenant is open to all, even down to the very youngest. But we also baptize teenagers and adults because the Holy Spirit moves when the Holy Spirit moves. And God's call can be answered at any time. So today it is very important that we remember our baptism. Not just the water part, but the fire part too. Even the uncomfortable part. The sign and seal of the covenant with God. If you haven't been baptized and you'd like to, know that anyone can be called by God at any time in their life. God calls all people. It's just that not all listen. The Holy Spirit moves when and how the Holy Spirit moves. And as we see in the comparison of Luke to Acts, both written by the same person, we see that baptism is not always the same. Friends, remember that you are God's. You're here today. You've answered some sort of call just to be sitting here in these pews this morning. So now remember that and live it out in whatever way you are able Remember the water and the fire every day as you go out into the world, into your life. This is different for everyone. For some, the call is to be an elder or a deacon. We will be electing some folks as elders in a couple of weeks at our congregational meeting. There's your second reminder of that on February 3rd. And then shortly thereafter, we will be ordaining and installing elders and deacons into that, or just elders, sorry, into that, into that service. For other people, the call is to teach. For others, it is to lead worship. For some, it is to evangelize to those outside of these walls. For some, it is to provide meals for others or to um, set up a place that is hospitable for having those meals. But we are all called to ongoing spiritual growth and pursuit as part of the covenant with God that is symbolized and sealed by the waters of the baptismal font and the fire of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Friends, in your baptism, you have been called by name to live out this Holy Spirit-filled life. 
And so I hope you take your Epiphany Star words that you got last week very seriously. If you were not here last week and did not get one, I have plenty more in the office. So see me after the service and I'll make sure you get one. Um, But take those seriously this year because they're an excellent way to focus on what it is that following God means to you. They're a simple way to start building deep and meaningful spiritual practices into your daily life. What can you hear from God in that one little word? The Holy Spirit moved in the wise men by showing them a star that they felt they had to follow. So let those words be the star you follow this year to get closer to God. And remember, your baptism. Every baptism is different, but in every baptism, the baptized is called by name. And baptism is open to all as a sign and seal of the calling on our lives. So as we prepare to sing our next hymn and move on to this remembrance of baptism, I want you to turn to your neighbor and to say, you are called by name, but say their name. So you might say, Janet, you are called by name. Live into your baptism. Turn and affirm one of your friends next to you.